0: Hello and welcome to season two, episode eight of the Sajin Photography Podcast. My name is, of course, Jason Teal, and today we are going to talk about light festivals in Korea. Now, if you're sort of scratching your head as to what exactly I'm talking about, I'm referring to the festivals all across the country that set up lights for various reasons or various holidays. They just keep popping up everywhere. Now, If you live in Korea, you're probably guessing that I'm a little bit late on this one. You're thinking, Jason, Solal, the Lunar New Year was last week. Christmas was a few months ago. Why on earth are you deciding to talk about this now? Well, the thing is, is that because of COVID, now many of the light festivals, places that have invested a lot of money into the lights, are starting to open up a little bit more now. Ulsan Grand Park has come and gone, but it was actually just opened up over the month of January. And if you go down to Hyundai Beach, you'll see that their beach is now covered with a sea of lights. uh, And that is a major festival. And I think that at some point in time, they've been debating on even doing the Christmas Light Festival, but I can't guarantee that. But anyway, I just wanted to take the time to quickly go over these festivals, because if you are able to travel around Korea at some point in time, these are really great to sort of photograph and just experience on your own. Just before we get started, I do want to point out that I'm not referring to the Buddha's Birthday Lantern Festivals or anything like that. I'm strictly referring to the festivals that are centered around some sort of light arrangement. So. Primarily what we're going to be talking about today are the Christmas light festivals in Busan and then the scattered ones that I've been to over the years that have really sort of stuck out to me. So just understand that we're, we are going to do a special Buddha's birthday talk later on closer to May when it's Buddha's birthday. And as well, I just want to say that this particular episode today is a little bit light and I I'm apologize for that. But I just wanted to give you fair warning that we're just going to be probably just chatting about the light festivals and it's nothing too, too major. Now, with that being said, let's jump into the main topic today, light festivals. And I do want to touch on what I think is probably the grandfather of the light festivals. And that is the Garden of the Morning Calm Festival way up in Gapyong in Gyeonggi-do. Now, I haven't actually been there myself, but it was one of those things where when you first come to Korea, you had to probably take a trip up there at some point in time. I just never did because I'm down in Ulsan and going all the way up to Gapyeong is a fair distance and something I wasn't prepared to do to see a bunch of Christmas lights. I'm not putting down the festival. If you do see the pictures, they are absolutely fantastic. It's just a sea of lights. Surprisingly, even with the COVID virus, the festival is still on until March 21st. So if you are thinking about going, there is still time. I think tickets are around 9,500 won, which is actually not a bad price, but actually being charged money to go to a light festival is something that I find quite unusual because around this area, there's a ton of free light festivals. So do keep that in mind. But It is something of a tourist trap, so there usually will be a lot of people, especially on the weekends. Hey, you got to endure it if you want to get some good shots. Now, moving on down to one of my favorite light festivals, one that I don't think is actually on this year because of the COVID, and that was the Christmas Light Festival. As a foreigner in Korea, you're often subjected to a different version of Christmas, and if you live in Korea, then you know that Christmas is usually only one day off, and it's, it's primarily for couples to get together, watch a movie, and do whatever else they do later. But for a photographer, it's really hard to sort of capture the Christmas spirit if you really sort of want that. And coming from Canada, where we spend a lot of times driving around, looking at the light displays on people's houses, and as I say that, it does sound kind of like a weird thing just to cruise the streets looking at people's houses and taking pictures of them. But yeah, that's that's a story for another time. Uh, In Korea, in Busan, in Nampodong, which I talked about before, they put on this amazing Christmas festival, which is sort of this weird clash of cultures because you have sort of the Western Christmas trees and the lights everywhere, and it's in the middle of this like trendy shopping district. So it, it is a weird feeling, but it does sort of hit on those nostalgia notes, and it is a great place for some nighttime photography, so don't forget to grab your tripod and photograph them. Now, as I said before, I'm not sure if it's actually running this year, but again, it's something that if you're listening to this maybe later on in 2021 or later, it's a good thing to keep in mind because they do sort of run it from December until early January, pretty much every year minus the COVID thing. So yeah. Okay, with that being said, on to the next festival that I know is actually going on, and that is the Hyundai Beach Light Festival. Now, this one was actually delayed due to the COVID, but with decreasing numbers and I think also some pressure from the city because they've invested a lot of money into this. It is now a go and will be going on until March 29th of 2021. Now, this festival, if you're not familiar with it, is a really beautiful one. And it lights up the entire beach with a sea of lights and other structures. So it's a very interesting way to shoot and definitely bring your tripod. Now, there are some restrictions this year. I have read that uh, they're only allowing uh, 60 people at a time and you'll get a QR code and some sort of temperature check. And this is just to minimize the uh, you know COVID and all of that kind of stuff. The festival runs from 6.30 p.m. till 10 p.m. every night. And again, this is where you want to bring your tripod and really make use of your time there. Also, please do wear a mask, etc., etc., Be mindful that COVID is still a thing here in Korea. And I'm going to be probably checking it out next week if I have the time. And I just hope that the crowds have sort of died down. So I will be paying a little bit of attention to that. Now that we've covered some of my favorite festivals and some that I think are noteworthy, I really do want to kind of touch on some festival etiquette because I think as photographers we tend to come to these festivals and think that people are quote-unquote getting in our way or getting in our shots unquote and what really we need to focus on is that the people coming there have every right to be there as much as you do if not more especially if it's families and whatnot as they are actually coming to the festivals to enjoy the festival for what it is. You are there to sort of make some beautiful pictures, and that's not always the prime directive of these festivals. So when you're there, please be mindful that people are there to enjoy themselves. They're not getting into your shot or your frame on purpose. Sometimes, yes, it is annoying where people will see that you're lining up for a shot and then just stand in the frame, as I had happen in Ulsan recently. But again, you just have to step back and take a deep breath and let people do their thing. The other thing that you really want to be mindful of is uh, you almost should always have your tripod because you'll be shooting at night. And that sometimes can get in the way if you're walking through crowds. Uh, This is something that I know I've banked my tripod off a number of people's heads, and I'm very sorry about that. So in the future, or even right now, just keep that in mind. If you have a massive tripod and you're just clubbing, you know, old ladies left and right as you're moving through the cl- crowd, that's not going to leave a very good impression or it's going to leave an indentation on somebody's head and they're not going to like it. So, do try and minimize that. If you can carry your tripod under your arm or just be aware of how much space you're taking. And with that being said, I do want to say like I've seen some photographers who will go to these events with a giant backpack, a massive tripod, a you know a small trolley of gear behind them and then get pissed off that people are bumping into them. Again, you want to minimize your footprint here, almost get in and get out and not really have this huge space because really and truthfully a lot of times these festivals are packed with people. I'm not so much sure about them this year because with the COVID, but again, people are there to enjoy themselves. It may get busy and you don't want to be taking up all of this valuable re- real estate, especially if people are sort of shuffling through as they normally do at these events. You want to sort of be quick about it and even sometimes having a tripod is almost too much space and gets in the way, so do be aware of that. And that kind of leads me to my next point and that is when you are shooting with a tripod, it almost is like a magnet for toddlers and young kids on scooters and whatnot. They will inevitably bump into your tripod. So you have to guard it if you don't want your camera and everything smashing on the ground uh, and then just having someone you know politely be like, oh, I'm so sorry, and then walking away as you're picking up the pieces of your $5,000 camera. So do be aware of your surroundings. And if you see kids getting close again, you know, you're not going to give them a boot to the head or something, but just, you know, either caution them or caution their parents. You know, people these days are quite conscientious of where their kids are running into. But if you're kind of, you know, they're thinking about where that kid is running to and being able just to move your camera out of the way, that's much better. And again, mind your P's and Q's. People are there to enjoy the event just as much as you are. Now, moving on to the next thing, I do want to talk a little bit about some tips and tricks that I've learned over the years of photographing these events. As I said before, you should almost always have a tripod with you. It doesn't have to be a massive carbon fiber one with a gigantic ball head, but it's got to be sturdy enough to keep your camera sturdy. That's the point of them. And to be able to get some decent shots because you definitely cannot handhold a shot at night you know it may seem like it because there's lights everywhere but if you want to get a quality shot you're gonna have to put that camera on a tripod so that's the first thing like don't try and just you know jack up the iso or something it's not going to work now speaking of iso if you want to get the best shots especially when you're dealing with this sort of dynamic range of lights and darks and contrast. Do shoot at the lowest possible ISO that you can. Now, I know that a lot of people think, well, that's basic. You want to shoot at the lowest ISO, but this is a thing where I see a lot of people jacking it up to try and squeeze in a few shots and again, not use their tripod and just don't go there. Keep it as low as you can, put it on a tripod. And here's why. As I mentioned before, you're going to get a lot of people in and out of your shots and you can't really just, you know, hit them with a stick or anything like that. The longer, like the lights aren't going to go anywhere. So if you put your tripod up and you put your camera on it and you set for a long enough exposure, a lot of times people are just going to shuffle through and you're just going to blur through it and you're not even going to notice that they're there. And that was one of the things that when I recently photographed the Ulsan light festival in Ulsan Grand Park that is sadly now over, a lot of people were sort of confused. They said, how did you find a time where there is nobody in the park? And that was one of the things that I said was it was a very long exposure. People just walk through the frame and I just blurred them out. Now, the other thing is, is, you know, you always want to get those wide sweeping landscape shots, but really when you're at these events, try and get creative, try and you know get down low or try a new angle it's that's what they're there for to regard and to to enjoy but this is also your time to experiment so do try some different compositions and different exposures and things like that with that being said we're going to wrap up this week's podcast thank you very much for making it this far and please don't forget to like subscribe and share this also note that i will be putting a buy me a coffee link in the show notes and if you want to help support me so i can make more of these podcasts please do thank you very much talk to you again next week